When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. To the Let's Talk Hoya podcast. I wanted to say back, but oh, I didn't. Yep, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today, Lydia? Today. <laughs> We're going back to school. We are going back to school. We're going to talk about, and this was a listener suggestion. And so thank you, listener. I don't, I don't remember who because I forgot. But <laughs> um, there's a listener suggestion saying, oh, it'd be so cool to talk about leaf anatomy, but also how the leaf structure is affected and adapted from environment and things of that nature. So it's going to be a whole episode on just foliage characteristics of Hoya. Oh, nice. That's exciting. Yes. But first. We have Hoya news. We got news. Las noticias. Gracias. <laughs> this is some personal Hoya news from LTH Podcast, but we have something super exciting to announce. <laughs> stickers! We have, <laughs> we have our favorite stickers. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good sticker? Of course, our peduncle pals get an exclusive sticker. And some of them are already out on their way in yes. the mail. <laughs> we love our exclusive Peduncle Pals sticker. It's about it's about a three inch sticker. It's mm. circular. It's but we a big have one. two stickers that we're going to be selling. Um, and they're one is a die cut sticker of our blooms in our logo, which they're like little cute Bella blooms. The beautiful they're beautiful. Bella blooms. That one's selling for five dollars. And we have our logo, Let's Talk Hoya, a circle. So they're both about two inches, and that one's selling for three, or you can bundle them and get them both for $7. Because who doesn't love a bundle deal? Who doesn't love a deal? <laughs> um, so since, you know, we're a little indie podcast, we're yeah. selling these through um, a Google form. We don't have a shop for these. So in our bio, in our link tree, you'll see a sticker form. And Button. you can just fill it out. And what we're going to do is invoice you through PayPal or Venmo. So once you fill out the form, you'll receive an invoice from us. Once you pay it, we'll ship out your stickers. And then you can put them wherever you want. Yeah, you yes. can wrap your favorite, favorite podcast everywhere you go. That's right. And <laughs> honestly, the blooms, 
They're my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were pretty giddy and excited about them when we received them and slapped them on our water bottles. So. Yeah. <laughs> I need more because yeah. I have too many water bottles. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our that's our news for um, for today. All right. So I feel like I feel like it's been a little while since I've done some like deeper research because the past few episodes that we've done, it's been with like guests. And so they mostly have the knowledge or some chatty episodes just because we've been busy. And so I really got my brain working here (laughs) these last couple of days looking up some information. But yeah, we're going to talk about some different information on Hoya leaf characteristics. Um, I thought it would be fun to start off with some like common leaf terminology that you see when you're trying to read like publications or even in like Facebook groups and like Instagram. I've seen people using the scientific verbiage too. So mm-hmm. if y'all are wondering like what some of these words mean, just yeah. to kind of start there and go over those. Or even us when we're describing our favorite Hoyas, we'll use some of the terminology. And since this is a podcast... Um, we're going to paint the picture for you. We're going to paint with words. Oh, picture. Something that I just learned this past weekend mm-hmm. uh, on our trip to L.A. together, which we're going to talk all about in our Patreon episode. But Anna mentioned the Pandorata was named after the leaf shape. And I was like, I don't remember that leaf shape. Turns out it is a leaf shape. The Pandora, it's like the fiddle Pandorate. shape, the Pandorate leaf. And I was like, oh, I mean, because most of them are named after, like, yeah, like the Bella, the Hoya Lanceolata. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's usually what they go with but when they're trying to name these as, like, the macrophylla thing Latful, that we... Latifolia. The Latifolia, yeah. yeah. It all happens. It all happens. But um, I feel like two of the most common ones that you see all the time is, like, the leaf texture they talk about a lot in publications um mm-hmm. and two of the more common ones because i feel like like the vegetative part of the leaf more commonly in various different formats are either pubescent or glabrous which we use those words pretty often too but pubescent is basically the fuzzy foliage yeah so you got your thompsonii uh Lauterbachii. Yes. Why am I drawing a blank on other fuzzy ones? I love fuzzy ones. The one Hoya. I just got at UPT, which was Hoya SF. Hold on. <laughs> um, fungi is pubescent on the, the underside. Abaxial. Is that mm-hmm. baxial side of the leaves? Um, and there's ones that have like slight pubescence, more some that are a little bit more, but pubescent is usually a characteristic tide. And then glabrous means smooth. But isn't that the one that almost feels like skin? Glabrous just in general is like smooth. But then, um, I mean, there's different leaf textures once you touch the leaves, right? Because then there's some where it's glabrous, but it's like thin. And then there's some where it's glabrous, but like leathery, like thicker. And then you have ones that, you know, feel like fleshy or some that feel succulent. So I think a lot of times, like when I read the publications, when I see glabrous, I know it means like, oh, it's just absent of little hairs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's usually what i think my bad i always thought glabrous always equaled fleshy oh yeah so um usually when they put that they're meaning smooth did you find the name of that one Hoya? i did 
Um, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> it's Hoya and Kajanoe. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Hoya, A N N C A J A N O A E. And Wendy <laughs> okay. liked it so much that she wanted a cutting and took one. And oh, let me see. And Kajanoe. Yeah. Yeah, and Kajanoe, I think. I think that's named after say. somebody. I, don't I, know. I hope not, because a poor person. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, it was it, very fuzzy. It is it very, very, very fuzzy. Cute. And the Velosa, too, that I got. <gasps> that's it. That's right. Velosa. Visibly fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. There's so many different ones. <gasps> For Stigia, how can I forget that one? There really are a lot. I mean, there's yeah. the Gladys yeah. varieties, Lei. Yeah, the Lei. There's, but the uh, visibly fuzzy ones are just. Chef kiss. kiss like the Tanzania yeah and you can just like see them but yeah so those are I feel like two of the more common um, characteristics is just variations of pubescence and um, foliage being glabrous and then another one that I see often is the, like publications referring to the lamina which is the blade of the leaf and there's a lot of different blade shapes of leaves Lots. so many different kinds but what are some that you feel that you guys feel like are just like more common ones i feel like lancelot is a pretty common one because it's you know that's your lacanosa the mm-hmm. the bellas and i feel like generally a lot of hoya are lanceolate yeah and so basically what that means is the leaf is wider at the base then at the midpoint, and then it tapers towards the apex, which is the tip of that leaf. Kind of like a long teardrop. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's me painting the picture right there, guys. For those of you who are dreaming. <laughs> wow, for those visual learners. <laughs> What's another one do you guys feel like? I feel like ovate is like also very common, like in the Carnosa, the Chelsea, where the base is rounder and then it but it's like a lot rounder than the lancelate and then also does end at a little tip mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the chunky boy lancelate what about the elliptic one i feel like that one's pretty common too they say that i was like looking up elliptic because there's like the elliptica mm-hmm. which is named after the elliptic leaf shape um but when i had looked it up they said that elliptic like a elliptic leaf shape is known to be like the most simple leaf shape i was gonna say that makes me think of like if i was in kindergarten and i said draw a leaf that's what i would draw elliptic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see the weird thing is i would go with like a maple leaf oh that's because you're from like the m- like middle of nowhere uh, yeah maybe, maybe that's true because when, when i, I would like <laughs> when i would draw leaves it would always just be just like a half moon on one side half moon on the other side and done yeah oh <laughs> same yeah. Maybe that's one of those like geographical tests, like tests where you're from. If you're from the East Coast, you're out there drawing freaking maple leaves, and we're out here drawing like lemon leaf, <laughs> yeah. lemon leaf, lemon tree leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was uh, looking up, and they said that Hoya leaves in general, the most common ones, are lanceolate, elliptic, and obcordate. Oh. I know, which upcordate is like the carii. It's like a heart shape with the pointed end attached to the stem. And so the, mm. they said that those are the most like common ones that they mm. consider the most common for um, for Hoya. I'm trying to think if I, I'm trying to have any ob 
coordinate ones that I would have. Well, you do still have a carry eye. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this coordinate that I'm seeing is a little I bit... I was thinking the other way. I was down. thinking the, the pedial with the, the hardship. Yeah, because... Yeah. Well, because she didn't say coordinate. Oh. I said obcordate. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Apparently my ears don't work. <laughs> Shut up, guys. No. Um, I forgot. It was I was thinking carry eye, the carry eye, not carry eye. Oh. As in, you know. You really just dismissed that. I know. That I forget that she together. I forgot that you existed. <laughs> isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. <laughs> But what about like some rare leaf shapes that aren't like super common? Well, I'm going to go back to the Pandorot one because. Oh, okay. That. Then X that out and keep on going. What? No, that's going to be one of the uncommon ones, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, he was answering your question. Yeah. I think the Pandorot one was until the Pandorata, but I guess that's kind of like what the fiddle leaf fig is, but I just never put it together because like. I always think smaller leaves and the fiddle leaf is huge. Huge. Mm-hmm. But that is a shape that I think is pretty unique in the Hoya world. Mm-hmm. And hard. Like it doesn't, there's not a ton of Hoyas that have that certain shape. Mm-hmm. And anything long and narrow, like the Linearis, Insularis, I don't think those are very common shapes. And like if I didn't know about Hoya, I would not assume that those are Hoyas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if you saw Linearis up next to all a bunch of whole different other Hoyas, you'd just be like, that one doesn't belong with all these. Mm-hmm. And they're actually saying that because, you know, like Undulata is named after like the undulate leaf shape. And they're saying that that's actually not a super common Hoya leaf shape type. Well, that's what I was so wondering too. Having like- the, the waves like on the margin of the leaves. But then also not just undulate leaves with the waves, but also serrate leaves, which is like if someone were to take like a hacksaw to the leaf and it has um, like notches, like on a saw on the end of the leaves with the teeth like pointing towards the point. Um, and the undulata has both of those. They have undulata and serrated. Yeah, that is true. So that one, maybe that's why like people are so attracted to it because it's so unique. Like that mm-hmm. leaf shape is so unique. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like it's like sheen and sparkle too. Cause it's, That's I feel true. like you, I've never seen in like all green undulata. They always have some sort of freckle, sparkle sheen yeah. to it. It's just like a unicorn. I forgot about the undulate leaves, the margins, because that is probably my favorite characteristic on leaves. And now there's so many different ones coming out that are pretty from like Indonesia. Yeah. Like Ooh. all the aches, and now there's like the gomas, like the species gomas. And there's so many different ones that have these really unique leaf shape characteristics. But not only the leaf blade, but also like the venation. Mm-hmm. Shall we talk a little bit about venation? Let's move on to veins. So there's, I feel like the two vein types that we talk about the most or that are like pretty prominent in Hoya are the palmate venation and the pinnate venation, which palmate venation is when the main veins of the leaf blade radiate from a common point near the base. So they usually start at like this common point and then they spread out. Um, is the palmate leaf venation. So that's going to be like your latifolia has palmate. Mm-hmm. Fungi? Um, mm, huh? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. 
you just they're just not as prominent but yeah the tequila sunrise i'm mm-hmm. like, like we're like looking like around looking. at the hoya to be yeah. like oh this a lot one. of folias mm-hmm. yeah i just said that yeah oh <laughs> and then <there> my brain's <laughs> thinking too hard to be listening I'm and not. then <laughs> there's the pinnate venation which is there's the secondary veins that run parallel from the midrib of the leaf um to out to the margin so those are two that i've seen a lot when i read like publications saying if they have palmate or pinnately venation i was trying to think about um elliptica because like elliptica has very unique venation but they do refer to that as pinnate venation Mm -hmm. but it's almost circular you know how it kind of like comes around Mm -hmm. yes oh but yeah because look at the venation they're almost like parallel to to um the midrib you see how it's like parallel so on which Hoya are you talking about? Elliptica. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some other ones? What about Erythrina? What type of venation would you consider that? Oh, those are probably pinnate. They're in parallel to the to the midrib of the leaf. Although, are they are they starting in one local one location? Because if they start at a common point, then they're usually palmate. Palmate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's palmate. I ain't no expert. I'm just sharing what I know. <laughs> I would I would probably classify erythrina as a palm palmate, mm-hmm. just because I think that they all start towards the petiole, which is like where the bottom of the leaf is, mm. the base of the leaf. What about the multiflora? Because that one is pretty thin, thin leaf, but I also see a lot of venation in it. I would rather not guess, because <laughs> there's it says like in the publications, but I I just mm-hmm. I just don't know, so I don't want to okay. guess and be like, oh, this is. This venation, and then it's not. Well, when you said what other types, are you talking about other types of Hoya? I think that's what, that's what the assumption oh, was there. I was talking about other types of venation. Oh. Like if you guys have... I mean, pinnate and palmate are you the main two. Mm-hmm. So I don't really... Yeah, I don't I don't think I've others. heard any others, you know? Yeah, there's like some others um, that you can find like photos of, but none that I see like super super often, so... But also, we do have, for visual learners, have images that we will upload onto some show notes so you guys can see kind of what that looks like. Yeah, check out those show notes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that is just in general um, some leaf blade shapes and textures and venation of different Hoya. Um, but I think one of the most interesting things about Hoya is just how the leaf characteristics are like that because of nature. Like they've adapted to being like that because of the environment that they grow in because they're epiphytic plants. Yeah. And most of them are uh, in long periods of drought. Mm-hmm. So they really have adjusted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even for um, like seasons where there is like a ton of rain, they say that epiphytic plants in general are more prone to be exposed to a lot of sunlight and air just because of how they grow. And so either way, like they, they had to build this characteristic of being able to like sustain themselves. So... Um, and one of the most unique things that I feel like when I first got into Hoya, everyone would say about Hoya is that they are succulent-like. 
And you don't, and you, you don't like that, do you? I don't because that really messed me up. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I can just water you once a month. <laughs> but also succulents and souls don't thrive necessarily on neglect. I yeah. think that's just some, like a misconception yeah. that people That also is a say. misconception. So I think like all in all, it just like perpetuates like. Yeah misconception after misconception so it's not my favorite but there's a reason there's a reason it's like that because they have similar foliage characteristics that have been adapted to to being drought tolerant i think why they people refer to hoya a lot like succulents is the way they photosynthesize um and there's this is something i didn't really look into prior but like there's three different types of photosynthesis that happens in plants you have cam3 cam4 and then or no c3 c4 and then cam Mm -hmm. and uh there's been studies on the carnosas and honestly we could have done the study when we had a cutting of the hoya epc318 because that cutting was literally sitting on a shelf with no water no nothing for like two maybe three months survived um and there's studies on hoya where they kind of shut down um Mm. they'll shut down photosynthesize the intake of carbon they'll close their stomata to what's um, a stomata nothing what's a stomata to eat with you um so they have adapted like succulents like the aloe like cactus they've adapted to um have these like thick leaves that also help them retain water and have a very unique way to photosynthesize and do carbon exchange yeah because they say that most plants typically when they open their pores which is called the stomata the stomata is the pores of the plants it usually happens when sunlight is present so they're doing it during the daytime and how that process works is when the stomata opens it causes carbon dioxide to be intaked by the plant, which then is changed into sugar through photosynthesis. But in doing that, the plant loses water. And so Hoya and also succulents, cacti, and like some specific type of ferns don't metabolize in that process. And they do what Adam was talking about, CAM, which is the Crassulacean acid metabolism. And that is a different way that those plants metabolize and they actually do it at night opposed to in the daytime. So then what, how cam happens, it happens at night and the stomata, it'll stay closed during the day. And then it opens during the night because the air is usually cooler and like naturally in the forest, there's also more moisture present. And what they do is they'll take in all the carbon dioxide at night and then they store that until the next day as it's converted into malic acid and that acid that they store is then converted back into carbon dioxide so then they don't lose any moisture yeah so wow. when the sun comes out my brain they can take that to food but the it's unique growing. thing the unique thing about what the study that i read about carnosa which i'm guessing it's m- most other hoya but they've just studied on carnosa it almost does this other hybrid form of it's called cam idling. And so basically, if they're going through a period of a lot of drought, they just shut down all of that. Mm-hmm. They just shut it all down, go into a dormancy period. And once they start getting water again, it takes about a week to like regenerate all of that activity, which, you know, that's why Hoya can kind of take a little bit of 
I don't want to say abuse, but like, yeah, they can take a little, they can take a, some can take a little heat. They can take hardship. Like that EPC was like two, two months. Yeah. I mean, those leaves were floppy and then they just, they, I mean, they did bounce back. They even like changed color. Yeah. They weren't like this deep green anymore. It was almost like starting to go like, I want to say almost like gray in a way. Yeah, it was. Like really losing its color, which is interesting. I wonder if there's a connection between them and like turtles. Because turtles do that too. <laughs> because, well, that's right, just that time we went on a tangent about cows. <laughs> well, let's talk turtles. They go into Burmation <laughs> in the like winter, turtles. and they like almost half let's die. Let's talk turtles, and they their body doesn't like eat all of the like whatever they've been eating for nutrient. It like saves it up for the yeah. whole winter. Girl, hummingbirds do that every night when they sleep. So maybe Hoya, hummingbird, and turtles are all related. They're all, all turtles. <laughs> They're all from the same like. That's a hybrid tortoise turtle mix. Tortles. <laughs> wow, mind blown. It is. It is very cool. And like plants that do the cam uh, method of photosynthesis have done that because they've. Um, they're in arid environments, and so they just had to adjust. Damn, we need to. We need to like isolate that gene, and give it to humans. Because we're going to be running out of water soon. We're going to be running out of edible, like, produce. So So. we can process and convert our own carbon dioxide. I mean, not to get too, like, conspiracy theory, spirally. (laughs) Not conspiracy theory, because this isn't, like, this is facts. But most of our crop is a C3 photosynthesis. And that highly depends on temperatures. And if temperatures are increasing, it kind of shuts down the ability to photosynthesize. So, so Hoyas will save our life one day. No, because we can't eat them. Oh, no, we're going to study them and isolate the gene and do what they do. Maybe. And then we're going to turn into plants. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be legit. What if we have like little thumbs and then a little plant? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'd be, That'd be so, cool. so weird. Poison ivy. That's all I would say. But this got me thinking okay. about. Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, then speaking of what plant would you want to become? Not the carry eye. <laughs> I want to be whatever lived on your show for a long time. Because <laughs> that's me, yeah. IRL. It got me thinking when I was reading about this is like, so I know you turn your grow lights on at nighttime. <gasps> I thought about that too. Plants do need a rest period because, mm-hmm. like our Hoya in this cam type photosynthesis, uh, they need the nighttime, the darkness, the rest. That's when they start breathing. That's when they open the stomata. That's when they do the exchange of carbon dioxide and i'm just i was thinking like well if you turn your lights on at night are plants getting the the rest but maybe it's like you just have to continually do it like you have to choose one and stick with it but i don't know i wonder that too because i wonder like do plants exclusively know if it's daytime or nighttime because like in my grow tent which it's pitch black in there during the daytime, but then at night is when my grow lights come on because, you know, temperature, but also, you know, because it's hot here. I don't want it to, like, become an Scorch oven them. in the middle of the day. Yeah. But also, I mean, electricity is expensive in Arizona during the summer. So then trying to, like, save on electricity, too. But I do wonder if that affects anything. But they grow fine, so. 
Yeah, but I'm I'm guessing in that situation they've adjusted and that that's their our that's true. <laughs> that's their this meme here is our Hoya, mine and Lydia's Hoyas. But also maybe me. like it's okay because they're not going through drought. Yeah, you know they are staying consistently watered and moist, so maybe that makes a difference too. You know, mm-hmm. they're like a fish out of water, like in a little puddle. They're just like <laughs> barely alive. And we're doing that to them. We're torturing them. I mean, when you really dive deep into like how the whole photosynthesis process works, it's kind of insane to think that like that a plant just does that. Like I'm just looking at that Hushkaliana. The leaf is not very big, but there's like there is so much chemical reactions going on inside of there. There's so much happening. It really is wild and crazy to think about. You guys are freaking me out. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like my Hoyas are all living and breathing things. I don't no. want to think about that. I'm yeah, a very bad Hoya them. parent. <laughs> Bro, you're 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 an avid Hoya murderer. You have to go to trial for that. <laughs> I feel like it. We get those machines where you can hear your plants. We hook up to Jesse's and you just hear <laughs> No. <laughs> you just kidding. plug in all you hear is screaming. <laughs> me. This is my self care. The plants torturing us. Is your torture, torture, <laughs> torture. <laughs> oh, that's a good real idea. Or you're just being like, oh, I love looking at my pants. And then we just cut to the plants and it's just people screaming. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so um, apart from metabolism, the leaf structure itself of Hoya are really unique and adapted to um, be able to retain water. And that's where, like we said earlier, that succulent leaf shape comes from. But, you know, Hoya developed these thick leaves because those fleshy succulent type leaves, they allow these organs to develop that accumulate water within the foliage. I know you don't do this, but I do. I usually let my leaves get pretty like, not flimsy, but you know, you could tell. When they're your leaves taco my leaves never taco yeah so i i kind of let them get to that point before you like know like if mine if i tried tacoing my leaves they would snap and by tacoing you mean folding like folding in foliage. like a little taco they're like not, a american taco shell from taco which bell i also don't know if i recommend doing that but i do my do leaves do get flimsy they're not turgid and and full yeah mine never get flimsy yeah mine always get flimsy so, I think the, I think so a, deduct from this conversation what you want and do what you want yeah. to do. <laughs> hey, it's a free country. Do whatever you want to do. Jesse's are always flimsy. <laughs> Mine occasionally are. Lydia's never are. Yeah. <laughs> Who so, do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> um, but also there are Hoya that, you know, haven't developed that leaf structure of having the big thick succulent type leaves and you know like me someone who loves thinner leaved hoya they're not i mean those thinner leaved hoya some of them like you cut them and then the next day they're flimsy like an aeroid would be you know so they don't have like that same structure but just naturally a lot of those thinner hoya they're more known as like bushy terrestrial growing climbing plants which is more towards like earth-based it's not up like a super high tree mm-hmm. and getting exposed to like all sorts of elements it's more earth-based where it's more humid less light more moss things of that nature um and so they're able to um <laughs> not have to have like 
the thicker leaves because they're able to get more of like the nutrients that they need. But they are saying for Hoya, um, when you see, like there are certain types of Hoya where the leaf shape or texture changes depending on where it is in the forest that they sit. And not all Hoya do this, but some Hoya, like when they're closer, like earth lace, the leaves are thinner they get wider so they can capture more sunlight and then as they go up and they gain more sunlight like the the leaves get thicker and smaller kind of like it reminds me of like lacanosa yeah mm-hmm. that's wild to think about but i guess like it kind of can happen in our homes too how the leaf shape texture can change mm-hmm. based on where where it's growing or you know, mm-hmm. the environment it's in. Yeah. But then they were saying, you know, not all Hoya are like that. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, the bigger, thicker leaf toy, like Latifolia, no matter where it's growing, the leaves are always growing really thick, mm-hmm. succulent leaves. And so they don't all do that, but there are a lot of Hoya that do that. And so leaf shape can vary from even the same plant that you have. So. Wait, could you imagine if the multiflora got, like, rock hard leaves as it got bigger and bigger yeah could you imagine if it was like small latifolia leaves and then they just begin hola hoya friends so we launched our patreon aka peduncle pals it's been a joy connecting more with all of you chatting in our facebook group and sharing more behind the scenes through our exclusive patreon episodes every month we're blown away by your support and we're so grateful for every one of you that is joining us on this club you can subscribe through our patreon link through our instagram bio episode descriptions or show notes see you there this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. interesting thing is when we were having that episode with Bess, he was talking about he really likes um, the Hoya that have the symbiotic relationships and how literally there are Hoya that in order to survive their leaf shapes are created in a way that they have this relationship with insects in the forest so that they can survive. Yeah. I think the main one that I always think about when I think about the symbiotic relationship, especially with ants, is the imbricata. Mm-hmm. Because that's a shingling-esque type Hoya. And it's done that way because it kind of houses the ants and then takes the nutrients from their droppings. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of love um, when we figure out how like nature has developed for flora and fauna to like coincide and to help each other out and then i don't know it's like you scratch my back i scratch yours yeah so i do love like i know vess was really into like the ant symbiotic the ant garden mm-hmm. um hoya yeah and i gotta get I my get ant garden going no you don't need oh to. my gosh no what are some other ones because um they're saying that undulata actually because what mm. it is is they form these very cup shaped like bald leaves right and what it's supposed to do it's supposed to 
basically be a home for ants and it protects them from like rain and elements and things like that so that's why they choose to live underneath those leaves so like impricata is one they say ungulata is one um corimbosa Mm -hmm. um like ignorata um and a lot of different types of like dishidia because there's ones like dishidia major which makes like those like almost like domes of leaves and like the ants live inside of them the domatia leaves yes yes. i imported one of those ones and there's a dead ant inside of it wild well we were at unsolicited plant talks there Mm -hmm. was one of the discidia that had the domatia leaf and it was just it was wild the discidia major was it the major yeah it was the major Mm -hmm. and it was like oh cute it's yeah almost bought it just because it was cute and then i saw another one at leaf and spine Almost bought it, but Adam held me back. Wow, wow, what a true friend. What a true friend. So, yeah, so then they protect the ants, and then, like you said, the ant droppings um, provide nutrients that the plant needs. And they were saying that a lot of those Hoya that have those symbiotic relationships, like when you find them in nature, typically they're exclusively observed growing with ants. Like, that's always just what they do. Like, that's, that's, how they've been able to survive in these extreme habitats so dang i mean i know lacanosa doesn't usually have unique characteristics for that idea of a symbiotic relationship but vest did say that lacanosa he is thinking it was an ant type hoya too yeah um but yeah but then there's also hoya where you know it's just wild how these plants, because sometimes I think like whenever, you know, whenever you put your Hoya first on a trellis and it just starts finding and it finds its way somehow, like if like that trellis ends and it looks for something else and it almost feels like it has like eyes and it's like moving around and you're like, this is just a plant. Like, yeah. how does it know? But well, I remember, I know we've said this before, but, um, como se llama la muchacha? April told us. That she like recorded in one of her greenhouses one night, and she a got freaked lines. out from how, it's like alien, how much like movement there around. was. Yeah, yeah, because I believe I, we should try that someday with just a dark room and put the pohoy in the middle of it. Because I think it starts like trying to swing the vine tries to swing like harder until it can like latch onto something. It'd be wild to see. <laughs> it is crazy, but like it's crazy that so you know. Hoya, they're epiphytic, they're growing on, you know, trees. And most of them, like in nature, they're not potted up like we have our plants. Like they're not in this like moisture retentive like soil and getting all their nutrients. They're really just like out there suffering, you know? And so what a lot of these plants have done also that are on like bigger trees, they root themselves into like the lower layers of um like the forest where there's like leaf droppings because the decay from the leaves will fertilize the plant. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, sometimes when I, my leaves like dry up and drop off, I'm like, maybe I should just throw those out. But then part of me is like, maybe I'll just leave them on top and let them like. <laughs> I do that with anything I have in substrate. soil or cocoa husk. I leave the dry leaves there. Yeah. I throw it away because I'm like, this isn't real nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be that real. <laughs> I'm like, this is my house. You have a nice, cushy little pot that I water every single week. So uh, we don't got to do this. <laughs> but if you look at plants, and I, a lot of the times I'm thinking of aeroids, but Hoya too, when I see pictures of like in situ where people have shown where they find it in the wild, 
you know, you kind of have just a very long bare stem that's like winding around a tree. And then you Mm -hmm. have like the leaf and the foliage kind of towards the top because like it had didn't have enough to sustain itself except for that little bit. And that's the same way when you see like Monsteras in Florida or Pothos in Florida, like Mm -hmm. they're climbing up a tree and you just see their giant stem, but it's bare all the way into like the top canopy. Which is just wild if you, if you like really think about it. And then it's like wild to think because, you know, you see all these photos of people who are like in the forest and things like that. And there's just all of this Hoya, like all over these trees. And just to think like, okay, that Hoya is not growing like in a pot. It's growing on that tree and it's found a way to sustain its Mm. life growing on tree bark, you know? Yeah freaking wild that's why that's why hoya is so amazing i want to live somewhere <laughs> where we can have hoya outside i really do like i think that's a life goal of mine that'd not, be really dreamy i mean not that i'm trying to get away from you guys but like but you are right? if i, I had the okay. chance <laughs> but the the places that in in my mind where i was like oh my hoya could live outside is is not smart where i want to live yeah <laughs> so. maybe you just need a little vacation like rental in yeah. like miami and you can that's not where i want to live that's not where i want a vacation either <laughs> how about like houston texas also not somewhere i want to vacation. No. new orleans yeah we need we need more humidity oh, uh, san diego i secretly would live in texas yeah i think i would too i don't think um, you would secretly i think you would <laughs> san diego would i think be you belong nice in texas. like <laughs> S- southern california would be good yeah San Diego. I would definitely do San Diego. Yeah. Like San Diego. Yeah. Los Angeles is kind of heat. Like this summer, Los Angeles already really heated up. Hello, so, warm. yeah. And it has to be like beachfront proper. But then what if a hurricane comes next to <laughs> Anyway. Oh. Don't put your most precious moment Toya there. Because. Uh, they can go. Nature going nature. Nature going nature. Although, does San Diego ever get tsunamis and stuff like that? No, Hurricanes? It's. it's- um, it's not usually on the, the West Coast, though, which is a weird thing to think about. Uh, it's a good thing to think about. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying like that they don't happen over on that side. It's usually I never really ha- thought about that. Yeah. I mean, they do. They, occasionally, there'll be like a tropical storm But it's storm not like how it's like in Florida, yeah. where it's like in like New Orleans and yeah. stuff. Okay. The Gulf really like generates and warms up. The, and, and then causes the... Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, so um, those are some of the, like, environmental adaptations that our Hoya have made. Um, But also, I saw your notes about um, how, because, you know, now a lot of people are talking about pests. Yes. And people see certain Hoya leaf or Hoya stem characteristics, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I have a pest. What do I do? And I mean, guilty. guilty. I've, I've done that too before. <laughs> like I've I've seen like little like knobs and like scratch them off, and then once you see the sap, you're like, oh, that was actually part of the plant, you know. But like, what are some of um, the ones that you've noticed? Well, I mean, so me personally, I think the main one that I think kind of sometimes tricks everybody mm-hmm. is the knobs on the stems, which is aerial roots like or a spot where aerial roots would start and that's Mm -hmm. kind of like where they would attach to a tree if there was enough humidity kind of thing if you have a high humidity you'll see roots coming out of all parts of the hoya because they're epiphytic yeah Yeah. any Mm -hmm. hoya that i get from adam usually has a bunch of little air roots like sticking out (laughs) it looks like um medusa yeah or no 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 the lady in um monsters inc 
Oh my gosh. Um, okay, I know who you're talking the about. The snake lady? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that is Medusa, my bad. And well. Because Hoya, <laughs> like, because aeroids, you know, you have to you have to grow those roots from a node. Mm-hmm. But Hoya aren't like that. They can grow from anywhere. Those roots can grow anywhere from the stem. And so Even just they a develop. Le- leaf with a single bit of stem on it. Yeah. But, but they develop these, like, little like knobs would you say yeah it's and and they're usually like white in color so i would say okay i know this is kind of gross but it looks like a, a pimple like a white head <gasps> it does it yeah. really does yeah and you're right people me included freak out and kind of think it could be scale because mm-hmm. scale is one of those pests that like unless you've had it like you could be fooled by like you could see that and be like oh that probably could be scale because it's like a brown little nub mm-hmm. like same thing you know yeah mm-hmm. it's like a little like bulbous roundish kind of it looks orb. like patrick's home patrick the star <laughs> isn't you know that just it, a rock yeah up? but that's what it looks like a little dome and it like yeah. looks up because i've had scale so i'm an expert <laughs> yeah so but then there's so many different types of scale yeah. too like there's mm-hmm. bigger thing. but yeah so that is one of the things that a lot of people see that especially if they get their hoya from somebody who grows in high humidity where those knobs or nodules or whatever you want to call them i mean aerial roots i the starters they're going to be more present and mm-hmm. if you're growing in a hoya in that environment so people usually get their plants mm-hmm. and they see them and they're like um and they're posting on the facebook groups to be like yeah is this a pest and then usually it's like 50 50 like people are like definitely scale definitely scale and then everyone's like nothing to worry about it's just natural part <laughs> of the plant but also i've seen people who have received plants where the aerial roots have grown out and like when they grow out like that and they're not in a pot or anything like that i mean because they're because they're white and it's almost like i want to say like fluffy in a way where it almost kind of looks like mealies and i've seen people be like oh my gosh my plant has root mealies all over this like piece of the plant when it's just the roots yeah like have grown out you know the regular so. mm-hmm. also you can cut those roots off if you don't want them if you if you don't like the vibe yeah, there's no prop- yeah. purpose like if it's already rooted there's no purpose just you can just cut yeah. them off mm-hmm. um some other ones okay the little hairs that people say, and I'm not, I call them hairs, but they're not hairs. But you know, when our new Hoya leaves grow, they get like the crystallized. Sometimes they can look like dog fur on the end of your mm-hmm. uh, Hoya. And then they also kind of. White cotton s- fluff. Yeah. A lot of people see that and freak out and think that it's like spider webs or spider mites or something. Yes. Cause when those, cause when those leaves are like first growing, it can't just be like high and dry and then they're going to be fine like the plant has created a way where yeah. they can like in a like a lubricant in a way so that the leaves can like grow and stretch and not break and tear but yeah, yeah once they once they like dry off it really does look like like if you were it always reminds me of if you're like melt candy down you know how people melt candy down yeah. and then the they like mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they like Pull, like they like pull the stick out and then you like see it like stretch and then it's like whew, you know <laughs> do that again it's very <laughs> <That's a> terrible <laughs> 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 it's, it's the whoof of the leaf yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like that's what it looks like but like yeah, con like, candy yell that's what we're talking a about a technical term I believe coliters is what I kind of came up with is what that that is but it is like it does kind of secrete and like let help the new leaf mm-hmm. but um they do kind of stick around almost like cotton candy too yeah yes um but it is nothing to worry about people do freak out about that a lot I, that's mm-hmm. one i see quite a bit in like that hoyle 101 facebook group 
people are like, what is this? Like, which I get, you know. Yeah. I've definitely sprayed that with alcohol. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> when I see it. I'm like, because and I'm like, oh, wait, no, no, this is normal. It's okay. Even, my bad. Even, go- <laughs> even going with that, like extra floral nectaries, which is a very similar thing. Not so much in Hoya. Um, but mostly like aeroids. Like people freak out about but it. But when you Google like sticky sap on mm-hmm. leaves, everything is like mealybugs. Because mealybugs secrete that <laughs> when they like are chewing your leaves and that's their like waste is sticky. Uh, but yeah. So people usually do just assume the worst with mm-hmm. those ones. And then I don't know a technical term for this, but... Ever since, like, the whole microscope thing has become bigger and people are microscoping their plants, I see a lot, like, a lot of Hoya, when you look at the foliage, there are, like, two brown dots on either end at the base of the foliage. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're, like, two little dots. Almost like little horns. Yes, almost like little horns. And Not not the ones on the leaf, because there are horns on the leaf, too, sometimes. Oh, but you're talking about, like, on on the the stem. stem. Yes, there are some on the stem, too. People are like, oh, my gosh, what is this? It must be a bug. Like, it's not moving. Yeah. But it's not moving because... It's part of the plan. Yeah. So. I don't know what the technical term is. I meant to look that up today, but I don't know if like it's really easy to look up. Either. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like yield any like scientific terms, but I'm gonna scientifically name it freckles or hoya horns <laughs> or <laughs> hoya dimples. Um, but instead of in, it's out. Yeah. So Audi dimples. <laughs> That's an Audi. Um, another one I. I didn't write down, but when I was going through my flat mite debacle, you know, mm-hmm. the flat mites kind of, when you shine a light on them, they give you a, an orange type glow. But on my carnosas, a lot of the times there's like, I'm guessing, I'm just going to say it's extra floral nectaries because mm-hmm. I'm sure that they draw in ants with those. But when they dry and they crystallize, they turn like bright orange mm-hmm. and it's, very easy to see on the the carnosa stems like all the carnosa varieties that i have but i did freak out because i was like what is this like you know but it's not moving but it's all over so i'm like something's wrong but nothing's wrong so there's like all these all these little things you know but at the end of the day it's like and sometimes i forget too because you know like they're like in our home and to us in a way they're like ornamental plants but then at the end of the day it's like it's nature in our home, you know? Yeah. And that's me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not nature in Lydia's home. <laughs> this isn't nature. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, it's just wild to think that, you know, these plants that are just plants have, like, created all these ways to, like, survive and adapt. And then now we have them in our homes, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just wild to me to think. And another, like when you when you start thinking about that, like we're currently, like there's currently plants right now that are in the process of adapting to a new type of environment. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're not witnessing, but we are witnessing. We're at the same period of time, like where plants are like evolving to adapt to a certain type of thing. Yeah, because nope. if you like think about it, the way that we grow hoya is not natural. You know what I mean? Like we've we've made them adapt to are living and growing condition because we need them to grow a certain way. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we do things to help them grow more naturally than where they come from, but it's never going to be 
not for us at least. I mean, there are some people that are like, oh, I'm going to put this hoya on the tree and it's going to grow up and fit it, you know, but like we can't do that. So it is wild to think like they've adapted, they've changed. And some of them, who knows, like maybe a little piece of it was you know, like hanging on a tree and growing epiphytically and all beautiful. And now it's growing in a pot here at our home, you know, like, yeah. Yoink. <laughs> poor, poor plants. But I you wonder know what? if they I miss their family. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this whole episode makes me feel like one of those episodes of everything is alive. Everything it, is alive. That's a podcast. It's good. I recommend it. It is. Okay. But it is crazy though. Cause sometimes and then you almost forget that it's like living and breathing. And like, if you just like sit in the room, they're like, your plants are breathing with you. It's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, when you do a time lapse and kind of like see. It feels alive because they're like yeah, moving. And you can yeah. visually see the, just the wiggle and the shake and the, the pumping up and the, it almost, yeah. Like breathing in and breathing out kind of thing. Yeah. Wild. crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that was some just leaf and anatomy information about our beloved Hoya. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And none of it, again, is exhaustive. None of it is coming from the highest degree of education. It is all a hobby (laughs) that we love sharing with you guys. And we love learning, too, if you have more information. Give us lessons. But anyway, we do love sharing and we hope you also love sharing as in sharing our podcast with other Hoya lovers (laughs) because that will get us into other people's ears. And you know what? The love of Hoya is a blessing to everyone. So even if someone doesn't love Hoya, like gift them a plant and then gift them the link to our podcast. Be (laughs) epiphytic about this podcast. And while you're at it, you can purchase a Hoya sticker and yes. gift them a Hoya with the Hoya sticker that has a link yes. and link yeah. our podcast. You know, it's just a full circle. Imagine yeah. people circle life. like <laughs> on the subway, just like look up and they see the let's talk Hoya sticker on their like water bottle. And then they like make contact, eye contact and fall in love. And like the little Hoya baby is born. Oh. oh my gosh. They both listen to let's talk Hoya. They make eye contact and then they go dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, our theme song. That Is was that our, our theme, theme song. song? <laughs> that was not our theme I mean, song. Maybe instead they'll be like, they'll be like, last noticias. Last noticias. And they're going <laughs> to, what's another thing? They're going to be like, Anyang. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, we do love having you guys and we love when you share and we, we love your enthusiasm about the podcast and about Hoya. So keep it up and head over to our Instagram at let's.talkhoya where we have information from this episode, past episodes, fun stuff, reels, like all kinds of stuff over there on Instagram. Um, and yeah, follow us there and you can also follow us individually. My personal instagram is at not dude i'm at the green plant and i'm at perritos y plants adios Adios. bye
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.